Welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 130. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary back with another episode. Today we're going to talk about George Fant moving back over to the right side of the offensive line and what that means. We're going to get into your voicemails, your concerns with Zach Wilson, or just my own concerns with Zach Wilson. Uh, We'll do some takeaways from the first preseason game, all that fun stuff. But before we get started, you know the drill. If you haven't heard already, it's Smooth Sack Summer. When you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're escaped from pubes to bum. That's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leader in below the belt grooming is making sure we all have a ball this summer. Get it? A ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh dive head first into smooth sack summer by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping with my promo code jets 20 j-e-t-s-2-0 keep your sack smooth for ball sack summer all right let's hop into today's episode episode 130 can't believe we're at 130 already by the way george fant is moving from the left side to the right side. And what does that mean for him? Well, a couple things. One, it's got to be a little bit annoying for him because he was a very good left tackle last year after Mekhi Becton goes down. He starts at left tackle and was great. One sack allowed, four penalties, only 18 pressures allowed. Like a, a really stellar season for him at left tackle, by far the best of his career. Now, if you're wondering how he did in 2020... He allowed three sacks, 33 pressures, and two penalties. He wasn't as good, obviously, but he wasn't a liability at right tackle. He actually, I would say even in 2020, like 2021 obviously was the the year of George Fant, but in 2020, I thought he was fine. He even exceeded my expectations. Uh, He stepped in and played left tackle a little bit when Makai was banged up. Uh, And then obviously in all of 2021, he uh, played left tackle and was tremendous. Um, I'm not really all that concerned with him moving back to right tackle in the grand scheme of things. Like, And what I mean by that is I think he'll be fine. Uh, for comparison, Greg Van Roten was playing right guard when uh, George Fant was playing right tackle. Now you have Elijah Vera Tucker, and that should help things. And the 2020 offensive line was not nearly as good as the 2021 New York Jets offensive line and the twenty and what the twenty twenty two offensive line is going to look like. So, uh, I think that's really going to make a big difference. And I mean, like, it makes sense. Dwayne Brown's been a left tackle his entire career. Uh, he's thirty seven years old. He was a Pro Bowler last year. Like, are you really going to move him? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I guess. And I, I get it. And for Fant, like, he's looking to get a new contract. That's one of his things. He's he is on an expiring deal. And I think it would be wise for the jets to extend him, but you're not going to get paid the same. So for, he's got to be frustrated and maybe some, an agreement doesn't come to fruition here with the New York jets and George fan, because he don't want to play right tackle. I think he's made it pretty clear. He wants to play left tackle and he's not going to this year, but it doesn't matter in order for the jets to have their best unit out there, their best guys, 
It's Dwayne Brown at left tackle and it's George Fant at right tackle. And we didn't see Dwayne Brown or George Fant in the first preseason game. Not great. Uh, the offensive line didn't look too good in the first preseason game. Preseason game. I don't know if you watched, but uh, it, it was Chumadoga at left tackle and Max Mitchell at right tackle. And uh, it, it wasn't great. Uh, but on top of that, too, the interior of the offensive line, I thought, got pushed around a little bit. Uh, and that's going to be the starters. And hopefully, you know, with the, the tackles coming back, that, that'll be an added bonus. But, um, you know, just overall with Fant, I'm not concerned. Now, for some other takeaways, obviously, from the first preseason game, it was hard to to watch after Zach Wilson left because everyone's you know mind was going to Zach and it was a fear of okay what what is this injury going to be, but looking at some of the other guys on the roster, I'll, I'll give you a couple who stood out in, in positives. We'll do positives today. Why not? We might as well stay positive on both sides of the ball. Number one, uh, Garrett Wilson. I thought looked like a, a, a very very crisp route runner. Um, I was extremely impressed with him. Uh, if Zach Wilson hit him on that first pass of the game for for the Jets, his stat line looks a lot better because he's probably turning that five yard out into ten yards, and then instead of having, you know, what do you, what he finished with two catches for 20, 30 yards, something somewhere in that range, it, it's three catches and now pushing 40, 50 yards, which is obviously a lot a lot nicer of a of a stat line there. Um. But his route running was obvious. Uh, I liked seeing Elijah Moore catch a slant pass and turn up field. That is more of that, please. Uh, also, the two, well, really all the tight ends. We, we Tyler Conklin, I think, is going to be a real, real treat to watch on third down. Oh, the whole time, but he's going to be a favorite target on third down and for good reason. Um, I thought Jeremy Rucker, obviously he scored a touchdown. Great moment for him, but I, I'm... Thrilled with him. He looks good as a run blocker, which is not surprising. And this is someone who I think can develop into a nice player here. And honestly, got to give credit to Lawrence Cager, man. The converted wide receiver, now tight end. He was making some plays with the football. And obviously for a tight end, he's going to be one of the better route runners and have really good hands. But I got to give him credit. He looked he looked solid. On the defensive side of the ball, the, the, not, from the first team, really not a lot of positives stood out. And again, half the guys were were missing. So it's not really like a full look at the defense. But who are the two that I really want to get into? I, I would say, uh, no, I'll go three. And it's really mostly defensive line. I thought Smart looked really good. He was getting some pressure. I thought Michael Clemens was impressive. And I thought Jubari Zuniga was really impressive. And Zuniga, I mean, he's fighting for a roster spot. He really is. And uh, granted, for most of those guys, it's not against first team reps. You know, it's against third stringers, which obviously is going to make things a little bit different. And you got to take these things with a grain of salt. But you can't control who you're playing against at the same time, and they did their job. And I, you know, the second, the really second and third team defense, I thought looked better and more comfortable. I mean, for the Eagles, they were marching right down the field. Then the first, the first two drives, obviously the second drive for them, they were in great field position after the Zach turnover. But that first drive, extended by the Quincy Williams penalty. They, they were moving the ball at will. And, and I know they're playing a soft zone. It's preseason. So I'm not going to like, I was nervous and didn't like it, obviously, but I'm not going to completely 
kill Jeff Ulbrich yet, even though his seat is getting hotter by the minute, it seems. Um, I, I did like some stuff we saw later on. So in the second half, I think you could take away some positives. Um, but overall, it was a lot of it was worrying about Zach. And thankfully, it's a two to four week window that you're looking out for Zach Wilson, as we all know. So without further ado, we'll hop into the voicemails now. Uh, we have a lot to get into. We're inching closer. We have a first look at the preseason, and now we are inching even closer to the regular season. So I'm excited. Let's get into it. First up, we have James. James, thanks for calling in. We're going to get into uh, a couple different things, including Mikai Becton. All right, let's do it. Yeah, Matt, just checking out your um, podcast here. First time caller. These people dancing on Mikai Becton's grave are just not getting the point. You know, maybe the guy genuinely has a bad knee and his body, you know, uh, was geared for football one time and maybe not for the pros. Uh, what are you going to do? Um, anyway, uh, more pressing issues. I go all the way back to Joe Walton. I'm 55. You're a hell of a lot younger than I am. I'm just looking for the Jets to win a Super Bowl and uh, put together a decent offensive line to protect our young quarterback. You know, this people cashing in receipts. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life, okay? My name is James, a seasoned uh, ticket holder for about four years until uh, COVID hit, and then we just got rid of him. Anyway, James, 201. Oh, we're not going to put your number out there. <laughs> but thank you for thank you for calling in, James. Uh, yeah, it, it's it was it was tough. There were a lot of fans who were like, ah, see, I told you so with the back. I was like, I don't know. That's that's just weird to me. Uh, and you're damn right, man. I would love to see the Jets win a Super Bowl, obviously, as a, as a huge Jet fans. We all, we all would, but it's been bad for so long that I just want any kind of positive that we could start hanging our hat on because, uh, you know, a, a lot of people love to do the, the same old Jets gimmick, but for the first 15 years of my life, the team was actually really good. <laughs> they went to three AFC title games in my first 15 years, and obviously they didn't win a Super Bowl and that's the ultimate goal, but and it could have been a lot worse. The, the late nineties, early two thousands up until 2010, 11 range. Obviously we know how 2011 ended. Not good, but there were a lot of other teams that were way, way, way worse off than the jets. When I was growing up watching football, the, the lions were hopeless. Uh, the, Browns were pretty much hopeless. The uh the I mean the Buccaneers up until Tom Brady came back went a really really long time without winning a playoff game. The the last playoff win was the uh the Super Bowl in the 2002 season. For a long time they made it in 05 and 07 and they didn't win a playoff game for a very very long time. Uh the Raiders for most of my life have been awful. Uh the Bengals went just went 30 years without winning a playoff game. Like there were some really, really bad situations. But at the same time, like now you look at the last 10 years, it it, it don't get much worse than this. So yeah, the Jets and Jet fans need to uh need to continue to I don't know, get something good. Jet fans need something good. Let's do Joe up next. Thanks again, James. Joe is calling in from Chicago. Ooh, it was just in Chicago. Nice city. Let's hear it. Matt, Joe calling from Chicago. Hey, 
the Jets need to get this right. You can't let the Mackay Beckton injury lead to a Zach Wilson injury. You gotta sacrifice. Sometimes you gotta, sometimes we've won trades like the Jamal Adams trade and the Chris Herndon trade and the Sam Darnold trade. And here we have to be losing, willing to lose a trade to get what we need. And if we have to give up a second round pick to get somebody's good offensive tackle, it is a really good offensive backup offensive tackle, not a 37 year old offensive tackle. We need the 37 year old offensive tackle, Dwayne Brown, to be a backup for us, not a starter. We need a good tackle. If we got to trade Jeremy Ruckert to somebody who likes him, we have lots of tight ends. If we need to trade a defensive end, and I mean even Jermaine Johnson, what? we cannot let the Makai Beckton injury lead to the Zach Wilson injury. I'm almost old enough to remember Super Bowl three. I've seen it all with the Jets. We know what can go wrong. This needs to be done right, not put, not put two Band-Aids at right tackle or left tackle and let Zach Wilson get injured again and let's not forget that he got hurt last year. So let's not start him on continuous knee surgeries. It's ridiculous. We need to sacrifice something. Sometimes in chess, you got to sacrifice your queen to save your king, and that's what the Jets need to do now. It's our turn to overpay. That's what the Jets need to do. They need somebody good. They don't need a Band-Aid. Thanks for listening. I can't say that I agree with you here. And obviously, like, look, the the injury happened with Zach Wilson. This call came in before that injury, which is ironic here. But the injury was because of Zach not running out of bounds and trying to do too much. I don't blame the offensive line for that injury. This guy's uh, Dwayne Brown. Yeah, he's 37. He's a five-time pro bowler. And an all-pro in his career. He's a pro bowler last year. And he also plays a lot, which matters. He played 17 games last year, 16 games the year before that. We went over last week some of his numbers with the sacks being a little bit high in 2021. You got to keep in mind who's playing quarterback. Russell Wilson holds onto the ball forever and is just trying to run around and make plays. But in 2020, a 35-year-old Dwayne Brown, he wasn't a pro bowler, but I, I think 2020 Dwayne Brown, you can make the case, was at, at his peak, uh, best ever in his career. And that was someone who, again, was at one time an, an all-pro. They needed a quality starter, and that's what they got. Dwayne Brown's a good player. Is he a long-term answer beyond this year? Maybe not, but I, I, I don't I don't agree with saying you're going to trade away Jermaine Johnson, who you just took in the first round. That would be a panic move. You can't panic. That's not how you build a sustainable winner in the NFL. I'm sorry. I don't agree with that at all. I think Dwayne Brown's going to be fine. And I think George Fan at right tackle is going to be fine. The interior of this offensive line should be really good. I know they didn't look great in week one of the preseason. Number one, it's the preseason. But you have Lakin Tomlinson, who was also a pro bowler. So you have back on your left side is made up of pro bowl linemen. George Fant, solid right tackle. Elijah Vera Tucker has pro bowl potential. And Connor McGovern's a fine center. 
Is he phenomenal? No. I, I think there's such a wide range of takes on Connor McGovern. You have fans who think he is awful, and you have fans who think he's phenomenal, like a top eight center in football. I wouldn't go that high. I think he's good, not great. I think he's a little above average, maybe. But you're fine. The offensive line is not going to be an issue for this team. The Jets didn't have Mekhi Becton last year and had one of the better offensive lines in football. And you essentially replaced him with Dwayne Brown, who is good. Obviously, I was rooting for Mekhi Becton. I wanted him to play, and I would think that you know Mekhi Becton playing on the right side would really, really help things out a lot. But I, I don't get the Dwayne Brown isn't good take. I don't I don't think you're watching enough Dwayne Brown if that's what we're coming away with. Let's do Richard. He is up next calling in from Nevada. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt. It's Richard from Nevada once again. How you doing? Love your show as always. Uh, I just want to remind Jets fans, uh, I want to make it a point at the time of me uh, recording this for you. It's about 4 p.m. on the West Coast on Tuesday. So, um Obviously, anything can change from the time you guys hear this and it's on the show versus what has happened in the week. So don't crucify me if things change. <laughs> guys, uh, you got to remember when it comes to contracts. I'm, I'm speaking to Jets fans as a whole. You got to remember with contracts, it takes two to tango, guys. Um, nobody should be looking for Joe Douglas's head just because Dwayne Brown is at this second signed. Um, you're asked him to be a backup, and obviously circumstances have changed. That means money changes. That means details of a contract change. Because now you're asking them to be a starter. <laughs> yeah. So don't don't be sitting here calling for Joe Douglas's head just because Dwayne Brown hasn't done it. You say, oh well, why hasn't he why hasn't he already signed him? Why isn't he already on the team? Contract negotiations. His agent probably asking for more money. Wants to change the details of this contract because now you're going from a backup to a starter. It's a lot of money difference. So, guys, just keep that in mind. Don't be, don't be like freaking out when a team doesn't immediately do something because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I bet you Joe Douglas and that agent of Dwayne Brown are going back and forth right now about a dollar sign. Eventually, it's going to happen. Yep. Just be patient, guys. It did. Anyway, go Jets. You're right. You're right. And it felt like kind of what we just said with the last caller. Don't panic. And the Jets didn't panic. They paid him money, two years, $22 million. It's not particularly cheap, but you have the room to do it. So what's what's the difference? And who if he's if it's only for this year and you move on after this year, that's fine. But guess what? You're, you're probably looking at either a free agent tackle or a draft pick coming up next year. Because you're not relying on Makai Becton going forward. You can't now. Because it's back-to-back years of missing an entire season. You know, two weeks ago, that wasn't the case. But now, it's a little bit of a different story. But you're right. It's He was going to get paid more because the Jets were in a pinch. And it's not like they it was an egregious contract either. Sure, Morgan Moses got less money when the Jets signed him last year, but it's completely different circumstances. They didn't have an injury at that point. But now they did, and he's going to start, and that's fine. You're paying $11 million for your left tackle. 
That's not crazy money. It, it isn't. So I'm with you, man. I No reason to kill Joe Douglas on that one. Eric from Florida is next. He wants to talk Roquan Smith. What's up, Matt? This is Eric. I'm calling from Florida, Fort Lauderdale. And I had a quick question, uh, pretty simple. Do you think you should get Roquan Smith? I know that he has requested a trade from the Brown, or from the Bears, and I was wondering if you think the Jets should go all in on a young linebacker as good as him. Um, and if you do think that we should, what do you think it would take for us to get him over here? And what would you be willing to give up? All right, man. Have a great one. Thank you for taking the call. Go Jets. Yeah, Roquan Smith is a really good player. Obviously, he's just 25 years old. Um but this is this is a guy who obviously is you know a, a high a high caliber or should be a high caliber guy. Um, had over a hundred tackles the last couple of years. He's a young player, as you mentioned, but I think it would cost a lot to get him in here, like a first round pick, a lot. And I'm not willing to do that. I don't want to give up a first round pick to trade for a linebacker who, well, is good and still young. You're gonna to have to pay a pretty penny soon. Um, I, I personally, I personally wouldn't do that. And while linebacker is a position of weakness for this team, so that might be you might be saying to yourself, "Isn't that a little hypocritical of you to say?" I, I just, I don't know. I'm not giving up a first round asset for Roquan Smith, which I think is what it would take. I think it would take a lot to get this guy in here. Um, he's a good again. He's a good football player. But it, it's it kind of goes to the and I don't think it would be uh, Jamal Adams return multiple first round picks and a third or what you know and a, and a you know that we we know what the return was it was huge return I don't think it'd be something like that crazy but it's similar for trading you're not trading for an edge rusher you're not trading for a star shutdown corner you're trading for an off ball linebacker which I I don't know I don't think I would be lining myself up to give up major draft capital and then major money in a contract for that position for this team. I, I don't think they're in a good spot to do that. Again, is he a good player? Yes. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you and say that he's not a good football player because he is, but that's not a move that I think the Jets should be in on. Um, I, I think a, a more contending team would try to make a move like that. Maybe like a Baltimore who could use some linebacker help. Uh, maybe that would make a little bit more sense, but I don't think a team like the Jets should, you know, give up the the picks to do something like that. We're gonna do who is next? Jay from Maryland. Okay, let's do preseason week one thoughts. All right, cool. Hey Matt, this is Jay from Maryland. Sorry, I kind of went on a little long last time. I'll try to keep it a little short you're good but um i just sort of wanted to give you my players of the week from the first preseason game one from offense one from defense and i'm cool. gonna kind of exclude quarterbacks because i feel like kind of a cop-out boring answer and i wanted to get your thoughts on what you think so for my offensive player of the week i have max mitchell the rookie offensive tackle and that guy, for a fourth-round pick, he played his ass off, man. I mean, I feel like he got beat maybe once in pass protection. It didn't result in a sack or a hurry or anything. So, you know, that's fine. But 
solid in pass protection, and his run blocking is outstanding, man. He, you know, he, he pretty much did what you expect him to. He got to the second level consistently. He was taking linebackers out of the plays. You know, he was combo blocking with perfect technique. I mean, it was it was a beauty to watch, and he gets me excited for the future. Don't really work out with uh, Becton and Fant going forward. Uh, for my defensive player of the week, I have Michael Clemens, and man, that dude went off He's last dead. game. I think he was in the backfield maybe like five times total, rushing from the outside, the inside. It didn't matter. He just won. Uh, I think he had like two quarterback hurries. He had a sack, and then he had a tackle for a loss. Um, chasing a running back from behind on a outside uh, outside zone run, I think near the sideline, and he he got so fired up on the side. That dude gets me so excited, man. Um, if he continues to play like this, I can see him getting like heavy usage come regular season um, in our rotation. And oh man, he 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 played so well last game. He gets me excited. Um, uh, who are your two players of the week that you have, one for offense, one for defense, uh, and what are your thoughts on mine? Um, keep up the good work, Matt. That's all I have for you, and keep being awesome. Thank you, man. Much appreciated. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a different area for offense. Uh, you know what? I was, I almost said Garrett Wilson, but I think I'm going to go a different direction. I think I'm going to end up saying Lawrence Cager because I think I wasn't expecting that as much. Like Garrett Wilson being good isn't super surprising, but Lawrence Cager playing the way that he did, especially in the tail end of that game, was really good. Also, honorable mention, because I didn't mention him at the start of the show, Bam Knight. I, I think he has a real shot to be RB3. I like Bam Knight a lot. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going. I I'd, I want to watch Max Mitchell again a little bit more in depth. Um, I don't think he was atrocious, but I don't like I wouldn't have said he was the best offensive player or the one who stood out the most to me on offense this past week. Defense, Michael Clemens is a good answer. He was in the backfield a lot. Uh, I might go. I'll go different than you, and I'm going to go Jabari Zuniga because that's someone else who I wasn't expecting to do what he did. He's fighting for a roster spot right now. Uh, it's going to be tough. He hasn't played a ton, unfortunately, with this New York Jets team. He just hasn't played a lot yet in his first couple of years in the league. Maybe he could find himself in a in a role. And again, you know, these guys were playing against a little bit lesser competition by the time that they were in, not necessarily for Max Mitchell, uh, but for the for the defensive guys that I was thinking of more so. I think that's the. I think that's where I would go. I would say Jabari Zuniga on defense and on offense. I would say Lawrence Cager. Both those guys surprised me, uh, and I think deserve some praise. Good call, Jay. We're gonna close out with Will in Dallas talking about a lucky break from Zach Wilson. Hey Matt, Will calling from Dallas. Um, I got. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, first of all, Zach, lucky break. Honestly, I I watched the I watched it happen live, um, and I thought that there was contact 
and he got up and he was kind of limping. And I was like, oh, he probably got a shoulder pad to the knee or whatever. It's just a bruise. But then they saw the replay, and you see it's really a non-contact knee injury. Yeah. And that scared the living crap out of me. Because, I mean, 99 times out of 100, non-contact knee injury is ACL. And I, as soon as I saw the non-contact, I was like, season's over. Uh, there's no point. I, I mean, I would have watched the games anyway, but I'm thinking there's no point in even watching these games. It's going to be such a rough year. Because um, I remember how difficult it was to watch Joe Flacco walk out there and and play quarterback at 45 years old or whatever he is. I know he's like 30, but it, it was just disheartening. Um, but I, I mean, is it is it a big deal that if he misses week one? Because in my mind, it is. Okay. I, I, I almost need him back for week one because, I mean, it, it's 9-11 in New York against the Ravens. Tension and emotions are going to be high. That's a game I have us winning. And I, I feel like I'm a pretty balanced Jets fan. I'm not thinking Super Bowl or anything. Just the That's a game that we probably shouldn't win that I think we do win just because if Zach's there, I don't think Joe Flacco carries us to a, to a W. But if Zach's there, I mean, emotions, tensions, 9-11, home opener in New York. I, I just... Mm. I get it. That's a game that I, I thought we would win. So, I, I don't know. I just want to hear your thoughts on it because it, it was just a stupid play that it was. I thought he would have been more mature to make, to just go out of bounds. The preseason, the extra three, four yards he got was not worth risking anything. He should have just gone out of bounds, and then he just didn't look good on the first drive. The pick was atrocious. Um, but, yeah, just wanted to hear your thoughts, and as always, go Jets. Yeah, it was the, there's no defending. The interception was bad and that decision-making to not run out of bounds or slide was, was bad. There, there's no, there's no sugarcoating it. There's no way around it. It's, there's no defending it. It was, it was stupid. Uh, it, it wasn't smart and I was worried and I see where you're coming from. And while I agree, I want, I'm going to the opener. Obviously I want to see him. I want to see this team at full strength. If he's not, I'm okay with Joe Flacco for a week. Revenge game factor? Let's go, man. Joe Flacco revenge game. And Flacco last year, I thought when he played, he was okay. I thought Joe Flacco was pretty good. What did he do against Miami? I'm going to pull up the numbers. Uh, It was, I believe, what did he do? Come on, give me game logs. Sorry, pro football reference is being a little slow. Yeah, he went 24-39. 291 yards, two touchdowns, 101.5 rating. He's had a good training camp. Uh, He still has the deep ball. Uh, In 2020, he played a little bit more. He started four games for the Jets in 2020. Um, And it was up and down. The Arizona and Miami game were brutal. He was good against New England and so-so against the Chargers. New England, he had a 72 completion percentage, 262 yards, and three touchdowns. That was great. <laughs> that was a really good game. The Jets almost blew the tank that game. <laughs> they put up 27 points and lost 30-27 to 27 on a last-second Nick Folk field goal. But uh, I want him back for week one. I think there's a 
pretty good chance that he is. But if you're like, even if there's a small smidge of a doubt that maybe he's not good, just start Flacco. Just start Flacco at that point. Cool Joe, baby. I love it. Uh, that's going to do it for me on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wherever you get the show, please make sure to subscribe. Give a rating and review. It really helps me out a lot. I appreciate all the love and support. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. Catch you next time.